following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K-State Athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. I love Friday, and Friday is here. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Weekend. Troy has a birthday in two days. You today, were listening this morning. Oh boy. Today is my girlfriend's 16-year-old son's birthday. Shout out to Harper. Mm-hmm. And I have a birthday in six days. Big Steve is making big strides in his life. He's 25, and he's already been married four years. Yeah. And Troy, you're turning how old? Fifty-one. So, how, how did uh, you just had an anniversary? Yes. How did dinner go? Where'd you end up going? We went to Longhorn because it was simple and could get steak. And please tell me, you went all out. You got the thirty-two ounce oh, porterhouse no. with a side of a baked potato, fully loaded. No, twelve ounce with fries. 12-ounce what? 12-ounce uh, ribeye. Okay. With fries. With French fries. Hmm. Here's why. Because of what my bedtime is, I don't need to be held awake by indigestion. Welcome to getting older. Yeah, see, I don't experience that yet, yeah, and right? I hope I never do, but yeah. I'm sure it's coming sooner or yeah. later. Uh-huh. But to me, I love mashed potatoes with my steak. I'm all over that as well, but I'm not big on or or a baked potato. You know, garlic mashers, not big on those. I tend to kind of get a distaste when it's the mashed potatoes and they've got the full uh, peel in them. I remember growing up, like my parents would instead of going to the grocery store and buying steaks and ground beef, they would through a farmer mm-hmm. get what you would call a half beef. Mm-hmm. So it's half a cow. Right. And so we got a lot of steaks, a lot of ground beef, would freeze it, and then thaw it out and have it for dinner. And on Sundays, we would always do steaks. And I remember it, we would always have steaks with like some sort of potato, mashed potato, twice-baked potato sometimes. I love twice-baked. Um, and then there would be typically mac and cheese. And my mm-hmm. mom always made – it was never from a box. It was usually like the macaroni with Velveeta. Mm-hmm. Delicious. And yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's good for sure. And then there would also be like corn on the cob. So it was right. a really good. Oh, and also I forgot. Like a sa- we'd also have a salad. See, one of the things about Monica's birthday being where it is is that it sets up where the celebration always winds up being over Memorial Day weekend. Okay. So in her case, it was always plan on burgers, dogs, ribs. Corn on the cob, all of that type of stuff. So for the birthday, mm-hmm. what's the plan? Uh, as of right Another now, steak? nothing is on the plan. Uh, my parents are coming into town tomorrow, okay. actually. So uh, who knows what well, will okay. come of that? We're going to figure this other out. Th- other than a meal. Let's figure out these plans. So <laughs> what like, what would you say is, is your favorite meal? Like death row, last meal, 
what would you go with? Because this is we're talking about your day. Sure. I'm always partial to a very good steak. Okay. Prime rib we would be a winner. Uh, lasagna is another I'm partial towards. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, thank you. So those those would be right there in the top two. So let's figure out something around that. Let's get you all the above. I, I'm I'm not, I'm I'm staying out of any of the decision making because I know how my bride is. Lindsay, I, I went over to Lindsay's house on my birthday, and I didn't know what the plan was. And when I got there, a whole bunch of stuff was already being cooked. We we're gonna have burgers mm-hmm. and mac and cheese, and it was awesome. Like mm-hmm. I, I thought it was. It, she was just kind of with the mac and cheese, just kind of wings it every time. There's no real set recipe. Just kind of goes with what she knows. Mm-hmm. Well, that's like the best mac and cheese. Well, though. it was. Some of the best mac and cheese she's ever made. It was amazing. And I've always said, I've said it on these airways many times, mac and cheese is a great topping on a burger. Like, it's, I still do the sliced cheese. Sure. But oh also put the, put the mac and cheese on top of it. There should be concession stands that have that. Or I would also go, like, with a barbecue mac and cheese. Like, okay, you have a, a bowl of mac and cheese, mm-hmm. and then on top of it, like... Barbecue pulled, pork. Pulled pork. Yeah. Yep. In excellent mix. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Do that. Do we do that a plenty? I remember seeing that on uh, Bar Rescue. And I was like, and this was years ago. I was like, this is something I have to try. So ended up trying. As a matter of fact, my dad made the pulled pork. We also had mac and cheese. And I just mixed it up. I was like, I got to try it. Put a little barbecue sauce mm-hmm. on it. Amazing. Mm-hmm. It's weird, like how those foods can mix and taste so good. Another one was I remember when Cox Brothers. I don't know if they still do it, but barbecue spaghetti. We once a year we used to get barbecue spaghetti at a at a press conference, a Bill Snyder press conference. Once a year, just a random Tuesday when Cox Brothers was doing the catering for our lunch, it would be barbecue spaghetti, and they always brought us to go plates so we could take some home because that was the media favorite. Nobody there did not. Like dislike the uh, the barbecue mac and cheese or the barbecue spaghetti. I st- I think about it all the time, and it used to be like a weekly special at mm-hmm. Cox Brothers, but I don't know if it still is or not. You know, it did strike me though that one thing that we haven't taken advantage of yet from Christmas actually, and that is that my parents had picked up a pound, couple pounds of what we call Tipton sausage. Uh, my grandfather's old recipe that they make at the Tipton meat market slash grocery store. And so there's a pound of that sitting in the freezer right now. That may come out of the freezer on Sunday. I still have a bunch of uh, gift cards lying around from different things I've done if, for Christmas or like doing sure. a uh, like a Manhattan High Banquet. Mm-hmm. I always get a gift card from doing that. I'm not very good at using them. I just kind of forget I have them. They go in the wallet and they stay there for. <laughs> Luckily, I don't think gift cards really expire anymore, do they? No, they really don't. So you're you're okay there, especially you know I play it smart. I punch in the Amazon ones right away. Okay, so this last meal, what did you mention? What's for dessert? Like, uh, are you an ice cream or like are you a cake guy? I'm not a heavy cake guy. In I have to like the occasion. Okay. Um, ice cream always. Ice cream cake can be done. Absolutely. I love I still have actually, though, a good bit of last year's birthday cake that was made for me by our niece. And uh, that is also 
still sitting in the freezer that I could pull out and uh, chocolate mint cake. And it was spectacular. Our niece is stellar at making cakes and does one for everybody's birthdays. And so it, uh, and the reason why I've got so much of it sitting in the freezer is literally it was so good. There was no way that I wasn't bringing home what was left of it. So big Steve, what's going to be the plan for your birthday meal? I'm still trying to figure that out. Arby's. Well, no, I like going home cook on my birthday. So I, I see him with fast food all the time. It's because it's easy and cheap. Well, if you had it your way, at Burger King, what? there's a oh sorry pun in well. <laughs> <laughs> it was there, uh, man. It was yeah. there. You you hung that one out there. I sure did. So what? I mean, honestly, what I did last year, like, and it's probably what I'm going to do again this year, is probably like a good home cooked meatloaf. Like uh, I love me some meatloaf. I do love meatloaf, and my too. wife is like. 10 out of 10, like, amazing at making me loaf. So, I, I mean, the show is off to a start I, I was not planning on, but you had me down a, a rabbit hole at this. You two had me down a rabbit <laughs> hole at this point because I'm Don't hungry. Look at me. Look at him. I, 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 announced, <laughs> I announced two volleyball games. All I've had is, like, three inches of a Jimmy John sandwich. I'm I'm hungry. Oh, dude. And all I'm thinking about is food right now, so it's, it's getting worse. So, so you had the openers today. I did, and they yeah. were about as easy as they could be. I, I was going to say three o three o. Yeah, but going back to the meatloaf, I love meatloaf. There's a couple of places here in town that make phenomenal meatloaf, but I love leftover meatloaf. Oh yeah, and make a sandwich out of it. I also heard so this is kind of I guess a popular thing in the Northeast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never heard of it, but like I, I like I said, I've listened to a podcast called Already Garbage, and I guess up. To the Northeast, there's a lot of people that like to make a sandwich, but they take meatloaf and they slice it like it's bread. Really? And meatloaf is the bread. Okay. I was like, so, I mean, I'm just now finding out about this. Like, you could put whatever you want inside of, like, you know, for the mm-hmm. actual, like, deli meat or whatever. Mm-hmm. You could do whatever you want. But meatloaf, um, meatloaf. Is, the, is the bread. Interesting. One of the flaws to all of this comes from when you've had congestive heart failure and have to watch your sodium levels. You start piling stuff on meatloaf like that, that sodium level. Hold on. He says as he's wearing a shirt that says, I put ketchup on my ketchup right now. Funny shirt. I've owned that since before even that I went into the hospital okay, for CHF. So like, give me examples of restaurants like that are like probably no-go. Oh, geez. Um Probably no go. Well, you have to watch yourself with barbecue. Okay. That's a given. Yeah, that's a bummer. Um, breading at restaurants, so no chicken fried steak. You have to watch it God. anyway. You know, and one and those are some tough restrictions. I right. gotta be honest hey, with hey, you. Uh, you know, I'll say this, and you know, I learned how to adjust to it when I first came out of the hospital. You know, it may be that I was only eating a couple of Zone bars for lunch and breakfast, but then I had a wide open path at night. Because if I'm traveling with the team and they're going to the restaurant, I didn't want to hold them up and cause issues. But, you know, it, th- those numbers add up. Thank goodness for apps that will tell you what the restaurant is serving in terms of what the ingredients are and what the uh, nutritional values are. Remember my grandparents, uh, you know, in the later age, later years of my, for my grandma, like sodium, they had to be, mm-hmm. my grandpa had to be very careful with the amount of sodium they had, like, 
can't have any seasoning on the fries type of thing. Right. Like, man, that, yeah. that is just, that's tough. Oh, the, 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 the limit I was on very early on coming out of it was to the point where, uh, no, uh, I'll do a single cheeseburger and no salted fries at McDonald's. Is this something you can reverse? No. It is something that you can... Prevent uh, before you get there. Well, that and it's something that you can, as your heart heals, you're not going to get fully reversed from it because one of the drugs that I take, uh, they specifically say... uh, we don't know how it actually works. We don't know why it works. Comforting. So you will be on it the rest of your life. But because it helped heal the heart, the thought process is you'll stay on it the rest of your life to keep your heart from going back into congestive heart failure. Well, for now on, I'm going to – I'll just tell you how – delicious those salted fries are <laughs> next time i have them oh it's perfectly fine i my my running every gag bite is, i take my running gag is every time you see at the start of the baseball season the various things that are being served at the major league and minor league ballparks my my running gag is my heart winces so you've never because had a, it sees what the sodium level is so you've never had a cajun french fry from five guys which those those no. fries there are like delicious. a love hate you either love them or you hate them I love them. So. I, I have not had the Cajun, but I do Miss like out. their fries. They're great. Well, so here's the situation here on the game today. Coming up at 510, very special guest will be joining us. He's Speaking a birthday boy. Yeah. T- he's a birthday boy today. He also happens to be a former host of this show. He will join us at 510 and also at 525. He'll join us for about half of the second hour. When we come back, we'll still I want to talk Deuce Vaughn today uh, because there was a very <laughs> interesting article that Kellis Robinette uh, released about some folks out there trying to poach him away from K-State, and that did not not make me a happy camper. We'll get to that at about 4.40, but coming up next, maybe a little after that, but coming up next, uh, we'll be pleased to be joined by Nick Moyle, who will give us a preview of Texas football after these words. We continue our trip around the Big 12 as we preview the other nine Big 12 football teams for the 2022 season. Our next stop takes us to Austin, Texas, the Texas Longhorns that are ranked preseason in the coaches receiving votes in the AP poll to start the 2022 season. And a preview Texas football this season is Nick Moyle. He is a beat writer for Texas from the uh, San Antonio Express News and the Houston Chronicle. Nick, greatly appreciate you joining us here on the show to kick things off talking about that coach's poll. Texas received one first place vote from a coach out there. Have the Texas media, have you speculated on who that coach would happen to be? Yeah, so we have, uh, we've definitely talked about it because that obviously stuck out. We're like, you know, is it? Is it Nick Saban, maybe, you know, a weird motivational tactic to get them a little bit more amped up to come to Texas in week two? Like, I don't know if that really checks out. Um, you know, is Mac Brown a culprit? Maybe uh, down at Texas State. I think, honestly, when you're looking at it, I think probably the two most likely culprits would either be Jeff Trailer from UTSA, who has a vote, obviously came up at Texas, um, he's, and they're playing um, at Texas in week three, so he could be in there. And I think, honestly, I, I would go with Stan Drayton, who is a Temple. Uh, he was the running backs coach here for the last five years. He was one of the only two holdovers that Stark kept on the staff after um, Herman got fired and all those staffers got kind of replaced. 
So honestly, if, if we were going to, you know, go with a vote, I would think it's Stan. That's probably my guy. But, you know, I think Saban's kind of the dark horse and probably Trailer is the, the next most likely guy. But honestly, I really hope somebody comes forth and says it. Obviously, it's Saban. He's never going to tell the world. But it was just hilarious. And I do have to say that I'm very proud of the Associated Press voters for not putting Texas in the top 25 like they do every single year, even though they don't deserve it. So uh, in that regard, I'm happy for it. But, yeah, that first place vote was ridiculous, and I hope we do get to the bottom of it soon. My guess right away was Nick Saban. I'll give you a couple of reasons. One, because uh, you mentioned it, week two, Alabama make the trip for that 11 a.m. kickoff on September 10th. You'll play the same time as K-State and Missouri. I wish I could watch it. But also uh, – maybe that could have been like a screw you from Nick Saban to Texas A&M, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, it's like, it could it definitely be some Saban, you know, Jedi mind trick sort of tactics going on. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, he, he likes throwing shade. So it could definitely have been him. And, you know, I, I think it doesn't really matter. I don't think Alabama needs to be all that motivated to come to Texas in week two. I think that's going to be kind of beat down either way. You know, we'll see. You never know. But, yeah, I mean, that was, you know, obviously there's not a ton to talk about during the summer, so that was sort of a fun talking point for a little bit. And obviously we're still here talking about it, trying to figure out, you know, who the hell is this mystery man. First of all, the last couple of weeks, there's some bad news that's been piling up as a couple of players, an offensive lineman, a transfer wide receiver, they tear ACLs, and then mm-hmm. another wide receiver is now suspended indefinitely So uh, for being arrested. So with all that being mentioned, like with those three players, how concerning is that? I think they'll be able to maybe weather the loss of Isaiah Nair a little bit better than they will um, Junior Anguilau on the offensive line. Now, I'm bummed. I think everybody's really bummed because Nair was phenomenal at Wyoming. I mean, he had almost 1,000 yards receiving. I mean, they never threw the ball that program. He was pretty much their entire aerial offense. And I think he would have been an incredible piece next to Xavier Worthy and Jordan Whittington. So losing him, you know, especially when you have a guy like Quinn Ewers who's never started the game in college, you know, it's definitely going to hurt. Um, but I just think losing Angula, who was their most experienced offensive lineman, he was really one of the leaders in the room. And, you know, he's still around. You see him on the sidelines coaching guys. But it's really hard to lose that, and especially because now you're looking at probably you're going to have two true freshmen starting on the offensive line and um, Cole Hudson and Calvin Banks. And now, look, Banks, He's a guy that's probably going to be playing on Sundays, you know, a few years from now. He looks like, you know, absolutely an incredible left tackle. But still, you know, it's, it's really hard, especially for a true freshman to come in. And that line was not great last year. Um, so, you know, Jake Majors they have in the center as a holdover. Christian Jones, a fifth-year guy on the right. Then you have Cole Hudson. And then you have Hayden. This will be his first career start. So, honestly, he played a little bit last year, but this will also be his first career start. So, honestly, the offensive line, I, I think, is probably the most, um, up in the air right now. I really am not sure how they're going to be able to weather it. I think that week two game against Alabama is really going to be kind of rough for them. Um, but obviously, you know, look, they still have B. John Robinson, who averaged almost five yards a carry last year. I think almost like three and a half of those came after contact. So obviously, he's still a guy that can make plays, and the defense has to account for him. And even if you have a mediocre offensive line, he's still a guy that's going to be able to kind of wiggle out and create. But yeah, you would definitely like to have more solidified guys, guys that have actually played together on the line. You just you're going to have three new starters this year alongside Jones and Majors. So honestly, when I'm looking at this team, I think that's probably my number one concern right now is how's this offensive line going to hold up? How are those true, true freshmen going to handle it? Because also you're looking at a lot of the backups are guys that either haven't started before or they're true freshmen like DJ Campbell, Cameron Williams, guys who are highly touted. But again, 
it's probably one of the most difficult positions to make the transition to behind quarterback, and you have a quarterback that's never played at the college level before. You know, you were the only took two garbage time snaps at Ohio State last year. Um, so this is going to be, you know, a really whole new look offense other than, you know, outside the skill positions with, you know, Xavier Worthy, Jordan Whittington, and Bijan. So I think, you know, that's that's probably the primary concern for me right now is that offensive line. Yeah, you mentioned Quinn Ewers. He's been named the, the starting quarterback, and I, he's got to be right. I mean, NIL, there's so much money <laughs> in NIL for uh, Well, Quinn he's the new face of Wrangler jeans, so. Oh, well, we could talk about that. How about that uh, picture <laughs> that was released of him in all denim with the Longhorns down the jean jacket? It's beautiful, and you know they're playing. They're really playing with their fan base. I gotta say, um, I was like, I'm, I'm surprised it took them this Wrangler this long to get around to it. But uh, we actually talked to Quinn today for the first time since April, and I guess he said that they all got together and did those photo shoots over the summer. So I guess it's been in the works for a while. But yeah, I mean, he's got the kind of Nick Cage, Connor look going on with the huh. Canadian tuxedo, all all denim. It's got Longhorn branding. I mean. Honestly, you know, I don't know how good they're going to be on the field this year, but that alone is an absolute win because it was ridiculous marketing. <laughs> so is he the quarterback for a year until Arch Manning comes around? Well, the hope is, you know, obviously that he can make it through this year, you know, unscathed. You know, you have Hudson Card behind him, and I think Hudson, you know, obviously after losing this battle, he's probably looking at the writing on the wall and saying, hey, you know, I might have to look for a new program next year, especially if, Arch holds on to his commitment. You know, obviously you look at Texas really goes off the rails again and they finish five and seven, six and six, whatever it might be this year. You know, you could lose some commits. You know, Arch has said, you know, to the few people that he's talked to that he's, you know, he's steadfast. It doesn't really matter necessarily what happens this year. He wants to come to Texas. But the plan is if everything goes, you know, perfectly for Sark, you know, Ewers looks like the guy this year. He's able to hold on to the job next year. You let Arch kind of have that red shirt year. And then he's the guy, you know, for the next two to three years. Um, so that's kind of the succession plan. Um, now, you know, what's the card going to do? He'll probably transfer. You also have another four-star uh, freshman in Malik Murphy that signed. He just won a state championship out in California. He's a really good player. He was banged up, so he got a little bit of a late start in spring. So, you know, he's probably looking at this saying, hey, you know, what am I going to do? Am I going to have a chance? You know, because we're probably not going to get to see him unless Quinn and Hudson get banged up this year. Um, but, yeah, honestly, going into this season – Starts looking at it saying, hey, I hope we can get Quinn to start all 12 games this year, get us to a bowl game, get a little momentum. You sign Arch and bring all those guys in, and then you sort of have you know Arch waiting in the wings for Quinn to do his thing next year, and then Quinn could go off to the NFL and you could sort of hand that torch off to Arch. That's in an ideal world. Obviously, things have not gone great for Texas the last few years. Um, but in a perfect world, that's exactly how they would envision it. We're going to see B. John Robinson versus Deuce Vaughn just kind of jockeying for position of being the best running back in the Big mm-hmm. 12 and, and maybe be even a Heisman uh, a Heisman favor, at least in the conversation for the Heisman Trophy. But in his second year, Steve Sarkeesian, has he talked about where B. John can get better in this next season? So actually, one of the biggest things with B. John has been um, his, just him as a blocker, his pass blocking. Um, because they have, you know, obviously they have a lot of really good running backs here, so usually they'll have Roshan Johnson in for those sort of plays, um, and it's maybe a little bit more predictable for the defense. So I think one of the big, well, Bijan has told us and the coaches have told us, one of the biggest things that he worked on was just being a better pass blocker, being able to read, you know, blitzes that are coming in or maybe how how guys are attacking. Um, He's going to probably do a little bit more as a receiver this year. He has really good hands. Um, and they might even kind of option him out and let him run out of the slot every now and then. I think he did that maybe a handful of times last year. 
But I think you can see that a little bit more this year because he's actually a pretty good route runner. I mean, he'll tell you he has the best hands on the team. I think Xavier Worthy, you know, Jatavian Sanders probably can test that. But Bijan's very capable. Uh, I think you're going to see him more in the passing game. Um, and especially just to kind of mix it up a little bit to maybe to stop defenses from stacking the box, you know, especially to, to sort of give Quinn somebody to check down to, you know, Bijan's going to be a weapon there. Obviously, they're still going to want to give him the ball 20 to 25 times a game on the ground when they can. But I think you're going to see him be more effective as a run blocker this year, which or a pass blocker this year, I should say, which they're definitely going to need because that offensive line, we don't, like I said, we don't really know how they're going to fare. And I think you'll see him get more involved in the pass game, you know, maybe on more wheel routes, you know, maybe more underneath stuff or screens. Um, you know, coaches definitely want to just get the ball in his hands as much as possible. So there really shouldn't be a competitive game where Bijan doesn't have at least 25 touches. Talking with Nick Moyle here on the game. He, we're previewing Texas football. He's from the San Antonio Express News and the Houston Chronicle. Let's talk defense. So defensively, now you have Gary Patterson on staff as a specialist, somebody you can consultate with to see how to get better defensively. So in your eyes, where is the defense strong? Where are some question marks? Yeah, well, obviously, you know, if you if you watch this team last year, the defense is a little bit of a training wreck. You know, they set some some of the worst records that you could set in school history, and, you know, they've been around for a long time. Um, I, I think there's a little bit more encouragement this year heading into the season. Um, you know, I, I think the secondary is going to be better. They brought in um, – Ryan Watts from Ohio State, uh, cornerback. Didn't play a ton for them, but he's a big-bodied guy, like 6'3". He's going to be playing opposite to Sean Jamison, who's a smaller guy, like 5'10", 5'11". Um, and Jamison's actually had a really, really good spring. I mean, every scrimmage we hear about him coming up with maybe two or three interceptions. Now, I don't know how great that makes you feel about the quarterback play, but from what we've been hearing and what we've been seeing, you know, the defense has definitely looked improved. They're making more turnovers. Because um, I think Texas only had you know 12 total turnovers last year. They were one of the worst teams in the nation at forcing turnovers. Um, so that's going to be a big part of the equation. Are they going to be able to, to you know jar the ball loose? Are they going to be able to get interceptions? They weren't able to do that last year. I think Jamison and Watts will be able to do that. You have Anthony Cook, who who came in as a five-star cornerback. Uh, he's going to be playing boundary safety this year. Um, I think he's going to be an improvement there. Now I think we're I'm still a little not sure is you know the linebacker play. Marvin Overshawn, they need him to stay healthy, but he's also going to be coming off the edge a little bit more this year. So you're going to have guys, you know, like Jalen Ford and um, Diamante Tucker Dorsey, who uh, transferred in from JMU, had a great career there. That's one of the better FCS programs that's making the transition now into the FBS. Um, but still, not really sure how those linebackers are going to hold up. And there's not a ton of depth there. There's more than there was last year, but that's not saying a ton. And I really think the biggest question mark heading in is, are they going to be able to generate a pass rush? Because they really were not able to this year. You know, how is, you know, Alfred Collins, is he going to make a leap? Is Vernon Broughton, is he going to make a leap? A lot of guys are really excited about Byron Murphy on the inside, but they haven't really been able to get guys pressure in the ball, getting to the quarterback on the outside, which I think is one of the reasons why they're moving over Sean down to the edge and kind of letting him rush the ball a little bit more. But I, I don't know if the defense is going to be that much improved, but I think it's going to be better. And if the offense kind of is just a little bit better than it was last year, because this offense put up, I think, like 30, 32 points a game last year. That's a lot. But obviously they were giving up so much, and they were on the field so much. And the defense was just getting worn down because, you know, teams would string together drives of six, seven, eight minutes back to back to back. Um, so that's where those turnovers are going to come into play. You know, like I said, if that's secondary, if they can force more turnovers, and it looks like they can, that's going to be a huge help for this team. So I'm not expecting, you know, them to turn into to Bama or Georgia's defense, 
But I do think that they're going to be better than last year, and I think they have more guys that are going to be able to make plays on the ball, force turnovers, and get them off the field. Well, Nick, I got a couple more for you. Uh, looking down this schedule, clearly week two is, I mean, greatly pops out at you with number one Alabama. Yeah. It's it's rare to get Bama in a Power Five non-con matchup at your house, and and Texas is going to have that uh, week two. But as you look down the roster or look down the schedule. What jumps out to you as a swing game that would tell you if the season is going in one direction or the other? Honestly, I look at, well, obviously, you know, you have the Oklahoma game always. It's going to be a huge one. And Oklahoma, I think, is, you know, they're not quite Oklahoma this year. There's a lot of question marks. Obviously, you have Venables in there. You have the quarterback. You have a lot of new players. So, But, I mean, that's obviously the Red River rivalry is huge every year. I'm looking at the game after that where Iowa State comes to Austin. Because the Cyclones have beaten Texas um, three years running, and last year that they it was thirty to seven, just blew them out. wasn't even really close. Um, just ran away with it in the second half, and that's just been one of the teams that yeah they don't have the resources like Texas does. They don't have the equipment like Texas does. They don't get the recruits like Texas does. But they just keep beating them, and they've been the better program for the last several years. I think if Texas, especially being home, that's going to give them an edge up, of course. But I think if Texas can get past Iowa State, because in the very next week you got to go on the road to Oklahoma State and Stillwater, which is going to be a really, really tough game to win. Oklahoma State's probably much better than Texas this year, and especially on the road, Stillwater's a tough place to win. But if you lose that Iowa State game, you're looking at maybe you lose that Oklahoma game, Iowa State and Iowa, uh, Oklahoma State, and you're taking three straight losses in your bye week. At that point, you're just scrapping to make a bowl game. So that's kind of the game that I have circled is that October 15th game against Iowa State. I think that'll tell us, you know, where yours is at, if he's still the starter, if he hasn't been supplanted by card, you know, how that offensive line has held up, how the defense looks. I, I think that's going to reveal a lot about how sort of the second half of the season goes. Because like I said, the Cyclones have just given them so much problems, so many problems over the last few years, like I said, three straight wins. So if they can sort of get that turned around and figure out a way to get past them, you know, it doesn't matter how ugly that game might be. If they can get that win, I think that's going to really give them a lot of positive momentum going forward. I think if they lose, you're looking at maybe they might miss a bowl game entirely again. Well, Nick, to wrap up, you've done an awesome job of of this preview of Texas football, but I want to put you on the spot to wrap up. Preseason, if you had to put Texas on finishing this and this after the 12-game regular season, what would the uh, final record be? All right, now I I would say 7-5 and overall. I I think that's where I'm going. I I think they'll – I think they'll get into a bowl game. I think maybe, you know, we'll probably end up going to Houston, maybe Texas Bowl or something like that. Um, and, look, they just, they just need to get into one. You can't miss a bowl game two straight years in a row, especially when you have this, this class, which could potentially end up as the number one class in the entire nation. I'm sure you have guys saying that, hey, we're committed no matter what. You know, we're riding with Arch, we're riding with Stark. doesn't matter what happens this season. But, look, you start stringing these losses together. Other schools come calling saying, hey, we, we can – we can show you, we can provide you actual proof of our success, what Texas done. So, I mean, this is going to be a huge year. It's a huge year for the program. It's a huge year for Sark, especially with the SEC, you know, moved to the SEC off in a year or two. Um, so I'm looking at it now, 7-5. and five. Could they be better than that? Certainly. You know, could they be worse? Obviously. But I, I don't think they're going to be, you know, much better than eight wins. I, I'd, probably be, I'd probably put their ceiling there. Texas opens this season September 30 against Louisiana Monroe at 7 and uh, visiting the Little Apple coming up on November 5th, taking on the Cats. Nick, awesome work. Really appreciate your time. Thanks for doing this, and I'll talk to you down the road. No problem. Thanks, Mitch. You know, for Nick, I think it's best he did that interview, everything he said, 
in Manhattan, Kansas. It's being heard in Manhattan, Kansas, because <laughs> his idea of how the season will go for Texas, I have a feeling it's a lot different than what Texas fans are thinking. Right. I think Nick is more on everybody else's opinion outside of Austin, Texas, or outside of the state of Texas. Reality. Reality. Versus Texas. Yeah, he's he's probably seen enough of Texas to know, well, you know, we're probably overhyping him. Uh-huh. To say the least. Uh-huh. When we come back, let's talk a little K-State football. I love the article from Kellis Robinette recently about, you know, there's been some folks out there wanting to bring Deuce Vaughn NFL-wise, you know, t- trying to get him to leave, and also college-wise trying to get Deuce Vaughn to leave. We'll talk about that next. <laughs> I can't believe Britney Spears is 40. Unreal, right? She's two years... uh, Well, she'll be 41 this year. So she's basically nine years older than me. Did you hear the clip today of her and Elton John redo of Tiny Dancer? No, I did not. Is it good? Disco-tinged. It's Uh, definitely EDM track. Oh, I wasn't happy. Yeah, I'm not gonna yeah, like it. Not not good. I better not listen to it. I love Elton. You know, Britney's all right. You know, <laughs> even I, I mean, she was up and coming when I was a kid. You know, sure. Even mm-hmm. then, I wasn't. My sister was into her more than I was. Who am I into these days? Everybody knows I'm a big fan, huge fan of hashtag my boy Deuce Vaughn, the best player in college mm-hmm. football, and Heisman campaign. I'm the campaign manager, folks. It starts right here. I've already started. Um, Kellis Robinette has put out a really good article, really interesting article, um, a a good behind-the-scenes look, I suppose, Mm -hmm. on life up to his caliber as a college football player during the offseason and the way things are when it comes to the Wild West of college football. And not just talking transfer portal, like, you know, transferring is a part of that, but just – Coaches and agents sending them DMs and sending uh, text messages as what uh, Christopher Vaughn, who's Deuce's dad, mm-hmm. who's with the Dallas Cowboys, had uh, had mentioned in this article from Kellis. And Kellis, don't worry, I'm not going to give the whole article away, which you should go read it. It's an interesting read, KC Star, Wichita Eagle, or Wichita Eagles, as we used to say here on the show, about putting out feelers. And Deuce mentioned in this article that... Uh, when speaking to Kellis that, you know, for those like from colleges, like trying to reach out to Deuce to see like, hey, uh, maybe waving some NIL in his face. And I'm kind of speculating from my right. standpoint, but, you know, there's I got I got to imagine they're using Benjamins as carrots and trying to and not just with Deuce Vaughn. It's all over the country. The high quality of talent out there that maybe not at the USC's and the. Alabama's and Ohio State trying to get those top players from elsewhere and trying to make their team stronger. But you know, Deuce said that uh, you know he, he didn't get actually as much attention this offseason as he thought he would, and that but there's been the agents, the NFL agents, and uh, oh boy, yeah, you know, trying to see if Deuce will uh, leave K State early and go you know f- with the NFL draft. 
You know, and I mean, to be quite honest with you, after this season, I wouldn't be shocked if it happened. Right. I mean, there is, again, we used the word in the last segment, reality. There is that reality that if you're at that point, it's a heck of a decision to make. And if you're yeah. someone producing like Deuce, it that 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 lure is definitely strong. But I mean, really, Deuce since day one has been has been he's oh, sure. talked about. It, he's been extremely loyal to K State. There weren't wasn't a whole lot of attention he was getting. He wasn't getting attention from anybody in Texas. He visited uh, Arkansas, which his dad used to be an assistant there, mm-hmm. and then ends up. Checking out K State, decides to go with K State, and from there on out, he's like, "I'm committed. I'm not taking any visits." Which, by the way, like a recruit who is committed somewhere but still taking visits, Dylan Edwards is an example of that from Derby. You're not committed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have a girlfriend, but you're still talking to other girls. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're still flirting with other girls, right? I mean, to me, that's yeah. not being yeah, that's that's yeah, not being exactly faithful. If you know what I mean. Right. Uh, you're being shady. And, uh, you know, the warning signals start to go off in your brain that's, you know, something things going on behind your back. Right. You're not committed if you're still visiting other schools after you're committed somewhere. So, uh, I mean, we know that whole story. The whole NFL thing, though, with the agents, like, I, I'm not shocked by that. I would expect it. Uh, and, and if Deuce was ever to leave, if you were to leave early this year, uh, or leave early after next year, after this upcoming season, I wouldn't be surprised. And as a matter of fact, I wouldn't be upset. I wouldn't be angry. I It would be a little bit disappointed. You would love to see Deuce stick it out through his eligibility, kind of as a selfish K-State fan. However, if you're from another college and you're trying to get hashtag my boy Deuce Vaughn in any, way, in any means necessary, I will fight you. You better be ready to throw some hands. You better get ready to duke it out. Because I'm going to stick up for my boy. If that's the way we need to settle it, that's how we settle it. Is it just me, or do you get the image of Niggin from uh, from The Walking Dead right now with the with the? I bat? don't need no bat. Honestly, I feel like The Walking Dead is overrated, and I've oh. never seen it. I've actually seen that episode. Thank you. Okay. It was a... Uh, it was a season premiere, if I remember mm-hmm. correctly, and mm-hmm. my girlfriend at the time was a huge, um, and I should have filmed it, uh, a huge Walking Dead fan, and she freaked out <laughs> about the not one but two, spoiler alert, two um, characters that got their brains mm-hmm. smashed in. I know it was a huge meme because like, I saw it everywhere, but I've never seen like a single second of an episode of The Walking Dead. Got it. I haven't either, other than that episode. That's still more than me, though. Troy, have you watched it? Nope. I just know enough to make it sound like I know enough. I guess the point I'm trying to make with this Deuce Vaughn story and, and the the info that I, I've shared from Kellis's great article, I mean, just another sign of how special Deuce Vaughn is. He is, he is just incredibly smart. Now, if he came from a background that didn't, you know, maybe financially wasn't stable, any sort of situation like that, it could be a lot more tempting. But where else where K-State is just so lucky with Deuce Vaughn is how smart he is as a football player, just how loyal he is. And it just feels the further we get with the game changing and how it is so easy to be in contact with these players 
and as much as you can dangle in front of them to convince them to go somewhere else or to come to your school, either from the transfer portal or just recruiting at a high school. Uh, I mean, here in Kansas, mm-hmm. here in Kansas, high school kids can benefit from NIL. Kansas was one of the first states to allow that to happen. Mm-hmm. So it gets a lot harder to recruit your same your your very own players. Deuce Vaughn is I, I'm very, very confident in saying you will you would never have to worry about that. Even before this article, even hearing about those feelers being thrown out there, or even other colleges trying to tamper mm-hmm. with Deuce Vaughn. I still wouldn't. I, I still wasn't ever worried about that. I've never thought once that Deuce Fund would consider transferring somewhere because he just does not seem like that kind of person. There is something to be said for no matter how good an athlete is, being well grounded. And Deuce is one of those. I, I, I don't think you can put it any other way. I think his parents have done an outstanding job in raising a great young man who has his head screwed on straight. And his dad seems like, from what I've read from when he's talked to those in the media, feels like also a very good representative of his Mm -hmm. son. Absolutely. Coming up here in just a few moments, we're going to speak with a former host of this show. Today is his birthday. For the first time since he left in October, John Kurtz is going to join us. And we have a lot to catch up on. (laughs) We have football, basketball, his love life. (gasps) Where's that at? Oh, boy. Has he finally found somebody? Oh, boy. Have you ever met him? Oh, yeah. Was he here when you... you, I guess, yeah. Yeah. You guys had some... Yeah, we overlapped a little. Okay. And we had talked plenty before then. So John is going to join us for a couple of segments so we can catch up. And uh, I think it would be a great person to preview K-State football with. Also still to come, number one song of the day and Ask Us Anything. So don't go anywhere. Hour two of the game is just moments away with John Kurtz, myself, Troy. Stick around. Coming up in a few minutes as well, your local news. Stick with us. It's the game.